You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome in here to Fighting Ever Fighting. I'm Cole Carmody of GoPowerCat.com. And before we get to our conversation with former Kansas State quarterback Jesse Ertz, don't forget to hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. Don't forget to leave this video a like, drop a comment if you enjoyed it, and go subscribe to GoPowerCat.com. We greatly appreciate it. I had a chance to talk with Jesse Ertz about a lot of fun things, and here's that conversation. Welcome in here to Fighting Ever Fighting. I'm Cole Carmody, joined today by former Kansas State quarterback, Jesse Ertz. Jesse, thanks for joining me today. And for those of, uh, for the fans who may not know what you're up to these days, why don't you just give a little update um, on uh, what the life of Jesse Ertz looks like in 2023? Yeah, I appreciate you reaching out to have me on. Um, so things are a little different for me. Uh, a lot less uh, athletics in my life these days as far as me touching a ball, but I work for a company called Arthrex, which is um, an orthopedic medical sales company. And basically, I supply everything from drill bits to screws to joint replacement, uh, trauma plating for fractures. So a little bit of everything. So pretty much just get a work in surgery with um, a lot of the same doctors every day. So um, kind of have a, a sales aspect as well as kind of a surgery technical aspect. So it's uh it's fun it's still challenging and there's a lot of parallels to football so i like it a lot yeah and and recently with uh, obviously the ncaa um new bylaws that say nil is legal uh, i know you're involved with wildcat nil and we'll get into that a little bit later on but how did you kind of first get into that and and what is a basic summary for those who may not be familiar what wildcat nil even is yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the NIL Collective Walk at NIL, we've been um, going for a little over 12 months now. Um, kind of a bizarre start to that story, but um, I had a, a guy I played quarterback with when I was a senior. He was a freshman, Ryan Hennington. Um, a lot of you may know him as a linebacker. When I left, everything went downhill for him, I guess, and he uh, had good rooms. But he, he, uh, he was uh, obviously, like I said, the freshman. So uh, we had a good relationship uh, for the year I was there. And then when I left, uh, he would still give me a call, you know, once or twice a year and kind of fill me in on how things were going for him, you know, team, just all, all in all, a little bit of everything. Um, and then it would have been, yeah, about a year and a half ago when he gave me a call and was kind of updating me on how things were going for him, but he, he mentioned, you know, he was graduating and he was having his exit meeting with coach Kleiman. And he was like, you know, I, I, I told him, you know, I think, uh, I do think we're missing the boat here on something. And he was like, well, what's that? And he's like, well, you know, NIL is, is, uh, uh, 
a buzzword that's starting to happen across the country. And he's like, we really haven't had any NIL here at Kansas State, um, you know, for anybody. You know, would that be your, your best player on any of your teams? Um, you know, nobody was was reaping any benefits from NIL. And I think if we don't if we don't embrace it, we might get left behind. And it's something I think we need to start talking about. And I think Coach Clement had some mixed opinions on, um, you know, what the opportunity looked like and, uh, you know, where that fit in. And, and I mean, this is this has been a while ago, like I said, but um, he said, come on back and let's keep talking about it. That's is when Hennington's telling me um, at this point in time. So he said, hey, you know, I'm going back. I'm, I, we're going to keep talking about it. But um, what are your thoughts? You know, I gave him my opinion, which was, you know, just <laughs> anybody's, you know, just my two cents. And uh, he's like, well, what do you think about about going down this road together and you, you know, help it out with it? And I was like, well, you know, the, the concept in my mind was very much kind of a knockoff agent, a lot of seeking out individual deals and trying to make a buck off of some exchange of money. And I've got my hands full with my career and I, I didn't really see a whole lot of, uh, you know, appeal that to me. And I was like, well you know, not, not really, not really. But the fact that you got coach climb in your corner, that's a, that's a big deal. And he, he had told me, well, I've, I've heard that there are these schools who have started these groups called collectives that are, you know, essentially pooling money to support all their athletic teams. And that was news to me. I was like, Oh, well, that's, uh, that's an interesting thought. Like, you know, I, I see what you're saying. Um, that's more of a found, found, you know, built on a foundation. It's a little bit more of a solid, um, longevity behind that. I was like, okay, I could be interested in that. Um, you know, I, I definitely missed case state and the sports aspect and the idea of getting involved in some way was definitely appealing. Um, so he meets with Coach Kleiman and, and, you know, he's, he's getting on board and he's like, let's continue to meet and talk about this. So. We uh, we start meeting me and Ryan more and and uh, we start to call other collectives and we're having a lot of conversations and we're learning just a ton about how to put the right system in place to maximize the NIL opportunity and the, and the landscape at Kansas State um, and through that where we're finding out a lot of different angles people are doing that but one of the really appealing things to us and the way we kind of tried to base Wildcat NIL around is um, the charitable side. And that's the side a lot of people don't quite know about NIL and don't really see. But Wildcat NIL Foundation, we are an actual 501c3 with the IRS, which is really exciting because it, it takes a lot of time to get that approved by the IRS. And for us, it took about a month. So the IRS looks at what, what our mission is, what we do, and they deem it to be a charitable cause 100%. So what we're able to do is we're able to take a blank contribution, give a tax deductible receipt to the donor, and then we pair um, the student athletes with local charities and they go do work with Boys, uh, Boys and Girls Club, um, Big Brothers Big Sisters, you name it, um, over 10 different local charities and nonprofits in Manhattan area. And then they're able to be compensated by increasing the amount of impressions, the ticket sales, all sorts of things for those charities. Um, so it's really everybody's winning um, in that situation, which has been great. So that's kind of my shotgun pitch on how I got here and what we do. But yeah, any questions on that? I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think there's a lot of people when they think about NIL, they think of the 
the massive deals that all the the student athletes are receiving with the cars and you know and even some of these more even ludicrous deals of you know kids getting you know more multiple cars and things like that but i think the one thing about the wildcat nil at least from my outside observation is that um for all the students student athletes i know that uh, i was browsing your website and you talked about every single student athlete no matter if they're scholarship if they're walk-on i think that's a really cool part um about what you guys do uh but how has your collective kind of changed throughout uh, not just since it started but this season in particular with obviously the success of the football team and the basketball team i'm sure that's kind of uh opened up some new horizons for you guys as well yeah, absolutely. Um, for starters, our team is we've built our team out quite a bit more. Um, we've got about an eight person team. We, we're working with uh, a group of interns from the College of Business, um, as well as the group of eight that we have. And um, yeah, the the whole entire process and our 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 model in general is, is just uh, really streamlined. We've we've we had all those conversations with a lot of the notable supporters um of k-state as well as just word of mouth and, and people reaching out and things like that. that's how it was going um where we've started to to uh, expand to where we have a subscription model coming up for kind of the base level fan who wants to um wants to get involved we have <clears throat> excuse me um a subscription model here coming up that um will be a small amount per month and you'll get uh access to a bunch of content uh kind of goofy interviews with players um some serious ones um a lot of memorabilia that's game worn um that we are being helped out with with uh the equipment management of of the sports teams that'll have autographs on it and stuff um, there'll be a lot of giveaway opportunities um a lot of things so on and so forth uh, with that that um we're kind of being able to get more and more people on board, but all in all, how it's changed, uh, I would say the conversations have changed a lot from, from the early misconceptions about it and what we, people thought we were doing, um, to now, uh, obviously kind of what I just told you, um, seeing the, the benefits in the community and, in, in more ways than just getting a dollar to an athlete. Um, so the, I'd say that the value, um, perception has changed. Okay, so now we've got that covered. I, I want to go back to your days um, at K-State. And uh, how would ha NIL have changed the way you would have gone about, if it would have changed anything? Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, knowing uh, you played for Coach Snyder and, and, and just everybody in that environment, how different do you think mm -hmm. that space would have looked if NIL would have been around when you were playing? Yeah, you know, um, that's a great question. Uh, the biggest thing there I think about is I don't see Coach Snyder being the, uh, at least right off the, at the gate, you know, I don't see him being a big fan of it. I think the way in which we're going about it, obviously, is a lot easier for, for him to get on board with. And um, I mean, the one thing that, that I didn't even really talk about is the fact that it is the future of college sports and, and not even just the future. It's also the present. Um, and it's something that has to be adapted to. So as far as coach Snyder, I think that, uh, you know, it goes without saying that he, he would have got on board just like everybody, but, um, yeah, it, as far as the opportunity goes to learn how to manage your money, pay taxes, um, you know, we're working with the athletes on brokerage accounts, um, you know, there's a lot of things and that you learn through this process that, um, you know, I didn't learn until I was graduating from college and, 
you know, living in my first apartment in Kansas City, trying to start saving some money. So, yeah. As far as your football aspect of your time at, at K-State, I want to go even a little bit further back. And, and I want to ask you kind of about your journey to K-State because um, I feel like a lot of the successful K-State athletes, especially football players that come through the school, they have similar stories, you know, under-recruited, find mm-hmm. a way to get on the field and then have some success. Uh, when you were in high school, it's kind of the same story. Uh, just what was it like growing up in Iowa and then eventually making your way down to Manhattan? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good, a good point. I think that the easiest way to explain it is uh, – that Midwest recruiting is a little different than some of the higher population states um, around the coast. When you look at recruiting in the Midwest, typically the in-state school in which you are at, um, they will try and get you to walk on if they can, which majority of the time, if you're from Minneapolis, Iowa, or Holton, Kansas, or uh, even Topeka, Kansas, you're not always going to get a equivalent opportunity that you would if you lived in Dallas or, you know, uh, you name it, some, some bigger metropolitan area, um, where they're going to come from out of state, recruit into your city. They know players from your, your conference that have played different places. Um, when you look at my time at Kansas state, the amount of guys that we had that were walk-ons that started multiple years, um, you know, sure, it's football. It's not basketball. It's not baseball. When you talk about the physical development, there's hardly anybody that comes from from a, a a senior in high school to a freshman in college and is able to come on a football field um, like you may in other sports. So there's going to be a developmental piece, but I mean, you can't deny the fact that those guys would have been scholarship players if they grew up in a different town at a different school, um, had more eyes on them. I mean, you know, that's just, um, that's just as a reality. So it's, it's a little tough coming from a small school in Iowa, but, um, you know, they, they, whether it's a walk on our scholarship, you know, they'll find you. And, um, for me, it was a matter of looking at what schools in the Midwest didn't have a quarterback taken in my class. Uh, typically, uh, they take one quarterback a class, as you, you probably know. So to look and say, well, Iowa and Iowa State have a guy. Um, Michigan has a guy. You know, um, Purdue, Illinois, Minnesota have a guy. Kansas has a guy. K-State has offers on the guy but doesn't have a commit yet. Um, we reached out, sent tape. They'd never heard of me. And I was like, you know, I'm going to come to camp if you think, you know, if, if you don't already have a, a, a guy that you think is about to commit. They're like, well, not really come on down can't promise anything and i'm like of course of course so um, by like to lunch they were like yeah well i think we're going to give you a scholarship and i was like Man, i've never you know this is i've got zero scholarships this time and uh i haven't even made the lunch yet and uh I was, yeah it was a, a pretty sweet um memory to to always have as far as you know just the the craziest of scenarios when i when i left to come to camp i did not think it was going to you know, come that quickly. So, um, yeah, very bizarre, but that's, that's the game in the Midwest. You know, I go out of state, I get a scholarship by lunch and then I come back and then immediately, you know, your in-state schools ask, you know, well, if we give you a scholarship, cause I committed within like three days, um, I'd been kind of 
um, you know, carried on a stick by the Iowa and Iowa States for over two years at that time. And, you know, they're like, well, if we give you a scholarship, would you commit, would you consider it? And uh, at that time, you know, uh, no thanks. So this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Do you remember the coach who initially offered you that scholarship? And then what was the conversation like when you did decide to commit? Was Did you call Coach Schneider? Did you call Coach Miller? Who, do you remember how that okay. all entailed? Yeah, it was Coach Miller for sure. Um, Coach Snyder wasn't really very involved in my um, recruiting. Um, I I was a kid that grew up outside of Iowa City, a Big Ten school. Did not have a whole lot of familiarity with the Big 12. Iowa State, of course, is an in-state school, but where I grew up, most of the kids in the area were all Iowa fans. So when I went to camp, I didn't have a clue who Snyder was. I didn't even know what conference or what the record was that they had the year before. My high school coach was with me. He's like, no, they were, they were really good last year. I was like, really? Okay. You know, um, but yeah, that was definitely Coach Miller all day at camp. He gave me the two rounds and then he was when they called me about the scholarship. And, um, you know, for me, I, the there's definitely some truth in you. If you just take that scholarship and say, I'm going to make a collection here, like some of the kids do nowadays i mean it says a lot about your interest in coming um for me i had wanted an opportunity for uh years you know two three years and uh out of all the little unofficial visits i had done at iowa and iowa state to get a scholarship it was pretty simple to me um you know i'd be foolish not to not to commit so yeah i i can't remember calling coach miller as well as i do remember him calling me but <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I called Coach Miller and told him I'll be there. So um, definitely grateful for that opportunity. And, I mean, changes the trajectory of your life in a lot of ways. So then you get to campus, you redshirt your first year, you sit the next season, and then you get a chance to finally start as a sophomore. And yeah. then the infamous game happens against South Dakota in the first game of the season. What do you remember about um, – the play that ultimately ended your season and just the emotions after that happened? Well, it's tied to a lot of history before that with um, high school injuries. I had torn my ACL that same knee as a senior in high school. And that had cut me short on all my other sports, et cetera, with surgery and stuff and as a senior. But I come to, to K-State as a freshman and I'm still rehabbing that knee as a as a college quarterback no one's tackling you in practice you know you got the green jersey on I hear it all the time and then I start that game as a sophomore I mean I hadn't been tackled since I tore my ACL last time so there's a little psychological piece there but you know it's been a good amount of time's gone by but for it to be the first play of the game um, and I'll get to that 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 definitely didn't help um, the psychological aspect, but it was, I don't remember the formation, but it was, um, a quarterback ISO essentially to the left side. And I think, uh, that was probably just to kind of get my feet wet, get me tackled and kind of get you in the flow of the game. 
uh, unfortunately, they probably didn't expect that result. But I remember following Winston Demel up. He fits the backer. Um, I I kind of come off his hip, kind of bouncing sideline-ish. I mean, I'm still going between the tackles, but coming outside the box. And the safety comes down, I stiff arm him in the face. And his face kind of gets locked out with my arm, but his legs swing underneath of my arm and hit me in the outside of that knee. And, uh, yeah, I mean, in high school I tore it, and it, it hurt, but it didn't hurt that bad. I actually played another game without an ACL. But that one, it felt like my knee, like, exploded. Like, I had MCL, so I just had a lot more swelling. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I knew immediately, you know, with the adrenaline stuff, I was like, yeah, that's not good. And then it was a short sophomore year. But um, I ultimately might have been a, a good thing for me in the long run psychologically just because – I kind of had no choice but to go, go to a place where it's like if I if I re-injure it one more time, I'm definitely done. Um, I mean, two tackles in a row, two ACLs, same knee. You start to question, is it genetic? Is it Was the surgery not good? You're, you know, you're questioning all sorts of things. So um, I definitely committed to the weight room in a different way than I had prior to that. And I lived with Jordan Willis, who if you've ever seen Jordan Willis, he's no stranger to the weight room. Uh, and he was, he didn't have a vehicle. Uh, so I would drive us to the grocery store. He'd get, he'd pick out the groceries. We'd split the bill down the middle. He'd cook everything. And then I'd do the dishes. And the night before, uh, I'd be going to sleep at 10, 1030. He didn't hardly ever sleep. He'd, I'd wake up at 530 for runs the next morning. He'd had sent me a text at 1am with the next day's snacks, breakfast, mid-morning snack, lunch, midday snack, dinner. I mean, the whole day he had it outlined for me and he would have all that food made at those times. And, uh, yeah, I, I was able to put on like 20 pounds and, um, all in all, I think just be a little bit more injury preventative. Um, but yeah. So that's, first of all, I just think that's, that's amazing that a kid from Kansas city, like Jordan Willis didn't have a car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that, That's pretty remarkable. And I just, you think back and the amount of bad luck to have two tackles in a row uh, be season ending injuries. is just that I wonder how often that's ever happened in the history of football. You've got to be an anomaly there, Jesse, yeah. but as we move, as we move forward and talk about your junior season, which I think is the season that a lot of K state fans remember as, I mean, really coach Snyder's last truly, really, really good season. And, um, nine and four that year. You guys had a lot of NFL players on that team looking back on it now, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I was checking out the stats before uh, we recorded this. It was like the defense over allowed just over 100 yards a game, which today's standards is absolutely ridiculous in the Big 12, and it was then too. You mentioned Jordan Willis, DJ Reed, Duke Shelley, Elijah Lee are some guys on that defense, but the offense also uh, was pretty dynamic uh, led by you the leading rusher the leading passer what was that year like as you guys kind of went through and obviously leading up to the bowl game against texas a&m and and future number one overall pick miles garrett yeah yeah you can't forget dante barnett in that defense either mm-hmm. but uh mm-hmm. honestly uh i i feel a little bit of guilt about um that I didn't throw the ball very, I didn't throw the ball better because I had separated my shoulder in camp. Um, but yeah, that, that team in general was, was loaded with talent. And at the time we felt like we knew that, um, we never played a team. And fortunately in my lifetime, I don't have any games 
other than being young in high school, I remember thinking like, we're probably going to lose this game. You know, we never, we never, we, you kind of grow out of that. And, uh, we never had anybody we played where you felt like, you know, we were going to be holding on. I mean, even Oklahoma, I think was probably the best team we played that year. We played Stanford, but, um, they, they did not feel like they were light years better. Um, but and the defensive side, I mean, yeah, there was definitely some players offensively. Byron's had a great career, obviously. Deontay Burton, he converted to defensive back, but uh, he spent some time in the NFL. Um, obviously, Dalton Reisner. Um, hope I'm not forgetting anybody, but uh, yeah, Winston Demel. Yeah, uh, it it was a good, it was a great season. You look back and you say we lost to West Virginia when we have a lead, we lose by one keeps you away from a 10-win season. I really believe if we played Stanford at the end of the year instead of the beginning year, um, like eight of our 11 starters on offense, it was like their first ever career start. And um, it's just hard to beat somebody who just finished fourth in the country. You got Christian McCaffrey. And and it was a relatively close game for as dysfunctional as we were at that point in the season. Um, But, yeah, we definitely had some players. And and, uh, I think – it's definitely a, a bummer for me. I don't. I don't have any regrets, but you know, having talent at receiver, Dominic Heath and uh, Byron, Deontay, and, and more guys, to not be able to give them the ball better, um, it, it definitely puts a damper on me watching film and stuff. Just because you know you're not 100. Um, percent I had separated my AC joint, so where your collarbone connects to your your uh, your essentially your shoulder, your clavicle. Um, so it's sticking up out of your skin. Um, and I would just get a cortisone injection to start the game every week. So I wouldn't practice all week, just watch practice, take mental reps. You know, I'm just trying to get my arm to be able to, to raise on its own. Um, and then come Saturday morning, um, about two hours for the game, you get the shot, you start doing some windmills with that arm and all of a sudden it starts to work again. And then, uh, they tape it all down, brace it all down. And then you play and often have, you know, 15, 20 carries and you do it all over again. You know, you're obviously going to be sore. So to see a lot of those things, you know, how well those guys have done the NFL and stuff. Um, yeah, I definitely wish we could have had a more, um, dynamic passing game, but, uh, I cherish the memories forever and yeah. No regrets for me. What do you remember about the Texas Bowl specifically? I know there's that play uh, where Byron has a catch on the sideline and, mm-hmm. and, and is gone. Um, a lot of people remember you putting the cowboy hat on on the stage. Uh, Skylar Thompson did the same thing after his final yeah. game. Uh, what do you remember about that Texas Bowl? I know for me personally, watching Scott France just absolutely have an outstanding game as a, as a freshman against uh, Miles Garrett, who we mentioned was the number one overall pick the, the next season. What sticks out in your mind about that game? Um, I think just the fact that we had went on a run and we we had figured it out. Um, I kind of talked about us being dysfunctional early in the year. I don't know if we – I think we won like six of seven to finish the year up, something like that. Um, And just going into that bull prep, you know, regardless of the opponent, we just were clearly playing – um, our best football uh, that we had all season and you're getting guys healthy. I was as healthy as I'd been since the beginning of the year. Um, it just, you're, you're just kind of all things hitting on all cylinders and to get to that game. Um, I don't think anyone really had a doubt that we would, we would 
come out of that winners. But um, the game itself, yeah, Byron had that that really good um, press release to the boundary. Um, they would they were playing kind of low, I think, just because we had so much film of quarterback run game or just run game in general, quick pass game um, that safeties would kind of cheat down. So for a guy to be down in half to that boundary to be off the hash it's just a lot it's just hard to turn your hips and get to the sideline and um byron cooked his guy and um made a great catch and run and all in all dominic heath had an end around touchdown i mean our defense played lights out um and they had a lot of talent on on their offense so you know it makes it that much more of a you know a, a badge of honor to to win that game when you look at they had christian kirk and they had um uh, Trevor Knight, their running back played in the league a little while. I know that they had a, a tight end that's been in the league, uh, Seals Jones, and then Josh Reynolds, their other receiver. So, yeah, they, it was just a, it was a, a great opponent, a great game, and definitely one of my favorite victories for sure. And so the following year, obviously, injuries are the same thing, kind of the same story for you. And, and I, I don't necessarily want to ask you about your final season, maybe just as a, as a cumulative when you look back on your career at K-State, is there ever a time where you say, I wish that maybe I wouldn't have ran the ball as much as I did, or I wish, I, you mentioned, I could have been able to throw the ball more. I mean, injuries obviously were a major part of your career at K-State, but mm-hmm. did, do you think the quarterback run game was, was a major reason of that, or was it just a cu- accumulation of things? Um, yeah, I think when you put anybody um, in between the tackles as many times as – I was running, you know, you're, you're opening yourself up to opportunity for injury. Um, I mean, we do everything we can all off season, you know, obviously I had some success running the ball. It wasn't like I was incapable, but, um, I'm not built like a, you know, five ten, you know, power back. That's, that's, uh, you know, going to be able to do that every week, 25 times, you know, a game. But I also understand that, uh, from from just a passing standpoint, there is so much that goes into timing of throwing the ball. You're not throwing balls at that level with a guy making eye contact with you. There's so much timing. There's a lot of uh, a lot of routes that aren't on your route tree, so to speak. That you're you've you've got deep overs and you're doing things specific that week for something their defense does. So there's a lot of unique throws that, that you're being asked to do. And when you don't get a rep at it all, I mean, obviously you, you still can complete that pass, but um, your percentages go down a little bit. They really do. I mean, the windows are small. Um, the timing and the landmarks are different. Um, so there's just a lot of reasons why I, I understand why we ran the quarterback so much was purely because of the fact that I couldn't throw as well, um, which is kind of funny how, you know, what do you quarterback you running more but um you know we found we found some success doing it and i wasn't going to complain um you know i was just trying to help the team win but uh yeah i think if i could have stayed healthy and you know ran you know less up the middle more zone read get out of bounds maybe i take a lesson how to slide um you know maybe i play a few more games you know i definitely would would have loved to have had that play out differently but um you know nothing I can do about it now so and and the last thing I want to ask you obviously K-State finished the season as a big 12 champion this past year they had a chance to play Alabama in the Sugar Bowl they return a lot specifically with quarterback Will Howard Um, from a quarterback standpoint how good do you think Will Howard can be 
And uh, what's your outlook on K-State in 2023? Well, I think the sky's the limit for Will Howard, which I know that's the 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 funny cliche thing to say, but um, just as far as stature and, and ability to make all the throws, I mean, I was incredibly impressed with how he played, um, specifically the back half of the season, obviously, but um, not only was he like efficient and leading the offense, I mean, he was making some very difficult throws um, routinely and uh, he didn't get the whole season you know, to himself, which psychologically I think does play a, a factor, you know, especially when you get into how many reps you take in a practice and different things. Um, you know, you, you are going into a season uh, and there's no question on who's playing, you know, that, that, that's a big help. Uh, it is a little bit interesting sometimes, and it's hard to know if you don't watch a lot of film is what are tendencies, you know, what is a guy's tendencies? Um, the coaches and, and the other coaches in the conference will be looking and finding tendencies. They do that of every player. And sometimes you do see a second season can be tougher. Um, I don't, like I said, it wasn't like he was hitting guys in the flats and just, just operating. I mean, he was making quality, quality throws. So I, I wouldn't be too concerned about that. I think the sky's the limit and, um, it'll be interested, interesting to see some new faces in there. Um, maybe catching the ball, but no, I think, uh, I think he's primed for a huge year. All right, Jesse, I appreciate you hopping on today to talk with me a little bit about your career, a little about Wildcat NIL, and uh, uh, appreciate the time, and then uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, cool. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus.